Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Robert Lane Creative Careers Podcast, the podcast about creativity and making a living in the arts. This episode of the podcast features a conversation with British singer-songwriter and guitarist Jake Morley. You can find out more about Jake on his website at jakemorley.com and you can find me in the projects I'm working on at robertlaymusic.co.uk and on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as at robertlaymusic. Okay, here's my conversation with Jake. Hi Jake, how are you? Hey, hey Rob, how's, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. What are you up to? What have I interrupted to talk to you today? Uh, well, I have, um, I, I've tried to keep, I guess, something of a kind of structure to my week. Um, and uh, today is a Friday. Yeah. And Friday is traditionally a kind of a turn off any devices that bug me and, and tell me to, to just, you know, kind of try to pull me into, uh, you know, emails and uh, whatever else in the world. I just, I found it helpful to sort of compartmentalize my week a little bit um so so that when i actually get round to certain tasks that or certain i'm doing a certain thing that i can i can like maybe concentrate on a little bit better because it's like no this is the day where i do this uh, so yeah so that's so today's kind of kind of a writing day and how successful are you being with putting all those things out of the way do they still creep in those notifications and emails and things or are you okay uh, with getting rid of them no, no, I do, I do get, yeah, I guess my most, you'll do a bit, but I, I do, I mean, these, there, there are hundreds of thousands of, well, millions and billions of dollars and thousands of people who's like, their job is to distract us yes. and <laughs> whatever we're trying to do and sort of behind the screens that we're, we, we're holding our hands, there's like an army of people trying, to, whose job depends upon on their you know an ability to pull us out of of something we're trying to concentrate on uh so i don't know it's kind of formidable uh, kind of force in some ways so i mean yeah obviously i do get distracted by stuff uh, mm. all the time but and as a yeah. creative then are you are you responsible for like it's not just that you're a songwriter is it like a lot of those other things that go along with that so all those admin tasks which aren't yeah. necessarily particularly creative but you've got to do those otherwise the creative stuff doesn't get to happen i suppose exactly right yeah um they the creative the, the admin stuff facilitates the creative stuff in some ways and maybe vice versa but it's all i mean back back in the good old days maybe you had you know if you were lucky you had a team of people who just did all this stuff for you and you mm. flounced about kind of from one party to the next studio <laughs> and and you could lead quite a, a pure creative life and just allow everyone else to sort of to do it all for you maybe you got like 17 percent of every record that you sold yeah uh instead of 100 or 90 or 50 or whatever you have mm-hmm. um uh but yeah or, or you didn't have anything or you you know you know if you weren't signed then you I don't know. It's pretty hard to make music. Maybe you can hard to get into a recording studio even so. Even so. Yeah, um, and that's something that I think about sometimes as well. Is this whole sort of um, attitude that the music industry has changed so much and it's not rewarding songwriters and all this kind of thing? But then, on the other hand, you can be quite lean. I think as a creative now, in that you don't have, you don't necessarily have to have a whole team of people that you have to pay. And of course, when people were selling millions of records. They were having to pay, I don't know, road crew and studios yeah. and publishers and all this kind of thing. Yeah, physical distribution. Yeah, yeah, sure. So you, and it's the same with all kinds of things, like people actually selling products that they make themselves. You, you've got rid of perhaps needing some of the gatekeepers, and it's direct person to person marketing sometimes, isn't it? So you actually need to turn yeah. over less. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's clearly not not exclusively a a positive or negative thing Mm. you know the current uh you know the technology and the the industry where where it is now Mm. it's clearly got kind of advantages for some disadvantages you know other times and you know and we are where we are like Mm. you know and 
the past is gone and you know the future's ahead of us and it's it's up to us to kind of i don't know make the most of what we've got and you know try to make it better yeah and have you seen a, a change in these things in the time that you've been working oh god massively yeah i mean uh i don't know it changes so quickly doesn't it but you know it's even in the last three years two years even i've mm-hmm. you know th- you notice changes um i sort of you know obviously like selling fewer cds and stuff like that when i'm touring which is fine i mean i i don't really sell i don't really own many cds myself either because mm-hmm. it's just too convenient to listen to music online but um you know i sort of like uh, you know sometimes ask other artists how they're getting on you think yeah. is it just me that no one wants to buy <laughs> people aren't buying my stuff quite as much as you know it's the same as it seems to be across the board mm-hmm. um but also yeah i don't know loads of positives as well i've you know i run a kind of record label it's basically just for my own music yeah um and but no so yeah like you know kind of able to put out records whenever i want put out songs whenever i want and you know kind of find out that my music's being streamed in random parts of the world that i would otherwise never have been able to do before so that's kind of i don't know that kind of amazes me yeah i mean that's the there's obviously you're saying there's pros and cons to it all isn't there like you can get your music to anyone in the world now without actually having to go and see them but then i guess the negative side of that is you're competing not just with the musicians in your town or even your Mm. country but everybody in the world is making music (laughs) and everybody who's ever made music as well because obviously (laughs) do you know what i mean it's not just your contemporaries anymore is it it's dead dudes it's dead dudes and it's that those people who were successful 40 or 50 years ago continue in some ways to be the most successful uh streaming artist as well don't they which is is interesting which you know i'm partly responsible for because that's all the music that i really like (laughs) so you know and they're still the guys who are selling out you know massive arena tours and everything too so they've had it yeah they've had it charging ticket prices at like 100 quid a ticket because yeah. all all the old you know all the old geezers who yeah you know who love their music are now in their 50s and 60s and have tons of disposable income and and don't mind uh, or at least don't don't seem to doesn't seem to stop them the yeah. ticket prices are a, a lot higher that's it yeah and it's that generation of if and again we were saying not everybody from that era who was a musician had a fantastic time in fact most of them had crap deals when they started and they were yeah selling a lot of records and not seeing a lot of um uh reward for it somebody else was but the ones who did well out of it you know your stones and your your the who and the zeppelin and people like that who did really well they're the ones who are still doing what so they kind of had They've had it the best of ways all the way through, but it's such a yeah. such a small period of time when music was that, wasn't it? Like the the idea of recording a, a song and selling it and living off that is only kind of like a fifty year blip in the whole history of humanity. Exactly. Really, it's which is yeah, yeah. It's the way I've tried to look at it recently, and again, like like yourself, I wasn't probably around for the time when record sales were a, a huge deal. I was a bit when I was buying music, but I was catching the end of it really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's hard to feel too um, upset about it because I never experienced <laughs> yeah. it before anyway. Yeah, totally. The, the idea of the professional musician or not just professional musician, but kind of rich musician or like somehow that it's this this uh, gateway to, to, to wealth or fame or riches definitely is such a new, comparatively new thing. Yeah. And if you look back a bit further, you know, we're just with the old dudes in the corner of the pub who are just, you know, kind of having a bit of a sing-along mm. uh, or with, uh, I don't know, traveling sort of yeah. storytellers or, I mean, it depends what kind of music you make, but that's, that's you know, or there's obviously like orchestral histories and other kinds of music, but um, I don't know. Yeah, and those and, and that lot, they, they didn't make tons of money and they weren't well-known, they weren't recognized. They were just trying to, to you know, to have fun and to, mm. to earn a living and to, and that was pretty much all they could hope for, and or, or you know, having to have other work, obviously, as, yep. as many of us still do, mm-hmm. uh, in order to sort of facilitate something that they just think is good fun. Mm. And when you were getting into music then, and into performing and um, creating music, was was the ambition to to have that the fame and fortune and all that stuff, or was it uh, just an ambition or just a need to make music? And and has your approach changed in that respect? 
Um, it's changed a bit, but I, I mean, I was never one of those like gunning for absolute glory types, you know, mm. I, I never had that burning need for just the whole world to know my name. And, and that's probably showed in my career in some ways. I think that kind of ambition that, you know, the, the, the real scale of that kind of ambition, um, is, I mean, it, I don't know if it's essential, but it's certainly very 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 useful if you want to actually achieve if, if that's what you want to achieve mm. um and i was never really like that you know i don't know if my childhood was too good or something but i <laughs> i just wanted to it was just it was it's just such good fun to make music and and to, i just I really enjoy it i really enjoy playing live and and writing a good song and mm. and yeah no i def but i definitely i mean i had ambitions for sure i always thought oh yeah if i could sell out a shepherd's bush empire or something you know if i could play to a you know 500 people a night you know wow mm. what a life that'd be mm -hmm. um and so yeah um and maybe my you know that's changed a little bit over the years uh and now yeah i sort of think about it more in a i don't know just yeah just kind of a bit like what i was saying a minute ago with you know kind of our <laughs> our ancestors <laughs> musical ancestors of just yeah i just want to be able to make the music i want to make and i want to mm. be able to you know to play it and i want people to hopefully turn up to my shows and enjoy it and and if i can if i can make a living and if i can do those things and and feel like i'm leading a meaningful life mm. then you know uh that's that's a pretty i think that's pretty successful in some ways if, if you can achieve that in right now i think so too i like that's one of the questions that i ask most people on this uh podcast is what is your definition of success in terms of a yeah. a career and in a creative thing and pretty much everyone so far has kind of said that really this and mm. i have sort of um you know i i flip flop between sometimes thinking oh i wish this was happening or that was happening but actually you have to sort of catch yourself sometimes and think just getting yeah. to make a living with creativity is is a bit of a privilege really and you work quite hard to get it so sometimes i think you just have to just have to pat yourself on the back a little bit yeah um to even be doing it yeah totally and i i mean i i mean it's, it's it's going to sound like name dropping is definitely not, but many years, quite a few years back, I was sort of making music at a similar time when Ed Sheeran was rising up and yeah. sort of had did quite a lot of gigs with him at the time. And it was very clear that his ambitions were to be the, the, the most successful artist on the planet. Mm. And I don't think it's an accident that, he you know, is. that he had that ambition from 16 and, or from 12 or however old, whatever old, old he was and that he sort of achieved it. Yes. Um, that ambition is, is in some ways is like the is the the raw kind of fuel to make that possible. And you know he wouldn't have said that that it's enough to just make music you make and to to earn a, you know fair living and stuff. He wouldn't you know he would he would never have said that. And and that's fine. Like that's cool. That's that's his path. And it's it's never been mine. And it's maybe not yours. And that's that's kind of maybe also just the beauty of the the industry or the uh just what the nature of music is that there's room for all of us and we can we can all find our own way through it and and it's great that we all have different ambitions because if we all had ambitions to be the biggest streamed artists in the world we'd have really monotonous boring music to choose from and instead we have this incredibly vast wide random weird mm. exciting kind of you know repertoire of music to to get into um and if it wasn't for different ambitions or different intents, then we wouldn't have that. That's true. And I think that comes back to something you were saying earlier about um, being responsible for your own your own thing, really. Like in the past, if or if you were trying to cater to, you know, particular radio shows or labels or gatekeepers, then you, you mm. might feel a pressure to do a certain type of music or do things in yeah. a certain way. Whereas if you kind of accept that they're not going to be your crowd then i guess you can do what you want really and your stuff will succeed or not but it you know on your own terms i find it really interesting that when when netflix uh want to work with you know uh, you know kind of exciting artistic people mm. that the, the way they work is just to say right here's a bunch of money do what you want to do do your thing and they don't they don't get very involved in it you know they're not sort of it they're not similar to the classic sort of studio 
big you know budget studios who mm. who are involved at every level sort of changing things suggesting things you know trying to stick their oar in mm. and uh often the shows that you know the tv stuff that that, that performs the best or that people think is most exciting or most talked about most interesting is 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 that kind of show that where <laughs> the the budget dudes have just got out of the way mm. and left the artistic people just to to make whatever they think is interesting mm-hmm. yeah it's um, and it, yeah it, maybe something similar could could be the case in music yeah and it's that it's doing things are new and disruptive isn't it and it's i think it's difficult for established um established whatever to to do that really particularly because we're talking about what's happening with the, with the industry and what the internet's done to creativity in general so talking about tv and film and radio i kind of have had the feeling that it's very hard for i don't know a, a big tv network to take a really big gamble because they're so yeah. on pressure their audiences are being spread out loads of different com- you know competitors so if they do something that doesn't work then it's got a real impact perhaps or that's i think that's the fear of it whereas maybe a new company that comes along doesn't really care about that because they're not looking at losing any audience do you know what i mean because they haven't yeah. got one to start off with um it's interesting at the moment when we're talking that there's all this debate going on about the bbc and its future and all that sort of stuff because i think yeah. bbc tv wise does take um risks and some of the things mm. that have been successful over the last couple of years i don't know to make fleabag or something like that mm. was a fairly risky thing to do mm. and the bbc are able to do that but more sort of commercial networks i think find it difficult there's quite an interesting story about monty python's flying circus when they started and yeah. you heard that one and they they went to, they went to the head of commissioning of comedy or whatever to pitch the show and he said are you gonna have guest stars and they went oh don't know really so are you gonna have music oh don't really know and it was this really dreadful meeting because i just didn't know what they were going to do and he went okay well you can have 12 episodes then but no more and it's just like (laughs) the idea of that is like and that's that's on bbc one in 1969 so potentially millions of people are going to say but i guess he didn't care because like what was anybody else going to (laughs) watch so if he put something on it's not like everyone's (laughs) going to turn it off and watch the internet instead but it's yeah (laughs) it's it's so different now isn't it so it's i think there's it means that sort of independent people can get their stuff out there but then the converse of that is i think that the big networks are trying to get what's successful all the time and get another hit which of course doesn't work does it because hits are things that are new i think if you actually look at what you know, across all different, you know, different art forms and, me- and mediums and stuff. If you look at what, wh- you know, what are the pieces of art or what are the, you know, what creative output is the truly like the game changing stuff, the, the, the big hits, the, you know, the kind of the stuff that really resonates and you trace it back so often it's, it's, it's just, it is risk taking. I mean, mm. writing a song is a risk even just to have, you know, have the audacity to think, okay, I'm going to try and get some music and, and put some words maybe and, and, and make, try and write a song and share it with people just to, just to even start that process is a risk. Cause you might, it might be rubbish. <laughs> people <laughs> might laugh at you. You might realize something about yourself that, you know, you, you know, is, is scary or mm. there's, there's, there's so many risks involved in, 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 you know, any, any creative, creative pursuit of any kind. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so often it's 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 those risky people. It's the outliers. You go, wow, that's a bit of an odd idea. Mm. Like, just you just want to film a bunch of people in an office just talking <laughs> rubbish with no laugh track. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, no one's done that before. It's you know, or you know, like examples across music, obviously as well. Um, and yeah, it's <laughs> the the money bags just need to give the money and then get out of the way. Almost that's that's yeah. sort of the pattern and in some ways the current music industry just helps that because you know the record labels right now are not the drivers of really anything anything much creatively like they're obviously still looking out for talent and stuff but what they're actually doing really is to sort of look out what people are doing independently mm. uh, see what's succeeding kind of or what looks like it's it's interesting kind of that's that you know creative people are doing their thing and succeeding on their own and then just trying to amplify it um, rather than, you know, kind of sitting around going, right, we know what's best. Like, how can we, you know, create an act out of nothing? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though, because I guess that's at some point, if you're doing something that 
so like writing songs and making records there is a certain um, and this is a bit of a, a thing that I struggle with sometimes you can sort of take that view of like well I'm going to do what I want to do and what my audience wants and if it's got a wider thing great and if not then yeah. I, I don't care but then at some level the difficulty is you do need like some radio people to play <laughs> it and you need yeah. I don't know people who don't know you yet to get into it so how aware are you of that and are you, do you ever cater the things that you're doing for like, for example, for a radio play or something like that? Or, or are you just doing what you do? And if they, they go for it, great. That yeah, I pretty much, I pretty much don't think about radio when I'm, when I'm doing those things. I do think, I mean, maybe that's just about radio. I don't know. I, I do think about just generally how people might, might connect with something because mm. ultimately I'm sort of trying to connect. I'm trying to, it's a tool for connection and I'm, you know, I have gone through phases, uh, maybe a lot earlier in my career when I was just thinking, I, you know, I, I made music that I, I just thought would please myself, basically, yeah. without any regard at all for what anyone else would think. And it was a great experience, but um, I don't know, it kind of, it was kind of ultimately unfulfilling, mm. it, it perversely. By trying to please myself, I ended up, I don't know, it just felt a bit, it felt a bit flat. And yeah. then actually something great about making something that someone else likes and someone else connects with, I, I found actually much more rewarding. So um, I don't know. It feels like right now it's, it's definitely some sort of balance uh, of the two. But, but definitely I never sit down and go, right, what can, what can I, you know, let's write a hit today or mm. what can I, uh, what, what, you know, what melody or what uh, lyric is going to get me on the radio. That's, mm-hmm. But that's that's just me. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, a bad idea if people do that because mm. you know it's nice to make music that everyone loves. That's you know pop music's great at, at its best. Pop music's very yeah, it's it's so exciting and it's it, you know connecting connecting with millions of people. It's uh, it's a it's not a bad thing to do. It's just not where I'm at. Mm. Perhaps we should talk a bit about songwriting then. So um, on a Friday when you're doing your songwriting. <laughs> with that then that's interesting are you trying to keep like office hours with that then is it like between i don't know nine and one i'll have written Mm. a song is it that or is it just a matter of that is the day or those are the times when you're going to finish up what's around yeah i mean right now i mean it changes a lot but right now i I can't really keep office hours because i'm the songs just or or the there's always like whatever i'm working on is just is always sort of in there somewhere and so it's kind of an ongoing process. Like I'll just be, I don't know, going to sleep or, you know, heading out to meet someone or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm basically, I'm always sort of trying to, to, to tweak songs or to, okay, yeah, try and move that over here or here's a line to, to put in there. Um, so it, yeah, it does, it does kind of, yeah, it doesn't stop it. I say I'm having a shower. Oh, okay. Oh my God. If I just do that. Then that's going to be much better. And, um but then yeah a, a day like to you know kind of a day a day to actually like you know you need to sit in an instrument or or kind of get demos together or something to actually hear how it sounds in the real in the real world yeah play it live you know that kind of thing because um yeah there's no no substitute for that so and would um, you be writing for a project or are the a songs just kind of happening all the time yeah all right i mean it's i uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm quite kind of set in my ways in some ways. I'm, I write basically for, for my own project sort of as a, as my own sort of singer songwriter kind of, um, career, I suppose. I don't do a lot of like co-writing. I don't do a lot of writing for, you know, other people's projects and stuff, which I know is, I'm not proud of it. I don't think it's kind of particularly a great way of doing things because collaboration and, uh, you know, yeah, sort of just connecting with lots of other writers and so on is, is I think it's a great idea. I just, it's not something that I've really got into because mm-hmm. for me, music is, and songwriting in particular is quite a personal thing. It's quite, yeah. a, you know, it's not about, um, well, I don't know, it's part, it's to get sort of deeper into it, but like the process of songwriting is something quite important to me in my life and quite kind of personal. It's about like what I'm, it's an it's an, a chance to explore you know meet myself mm. <laughs> work out who i am and what i'm thinking that day and you know what mood i'm in and and what's what i care about 
and songwriting is a is a way to do all those things and not that you can't do that with with others as well but mm. um but for me that's it's it's that's kind of the confines of it and then ultimately it's about you know getting uh songs together into a an album or whatever so i can record it and release it under my my name and and, mm. and tour it around and and that's sort of yeah <laughs> those yeah. are the things that i end up kind of focusing the most on it comes back again to that thing you were saying earlier that writing a song or doing anything creative is is risky you know and it's i guess that in those initial moments when you are starting from scratch and making something new it's kind of quite it's quite naked isn't it and it's it kind of yeah. you're vulnerable in a really yeah really i mean you're vulnerable when you perform them as well but something about the actual creating of them i mean you don't even know yourself yet whether it's any good because <laughs> i don't yeah. know that's, that's how i feel as i'm writing something i think it's pretty good and then you have the bit yeah. afterwards where you're like oh no that's no good and then you pick it up <laughs> again and you're like well actually it is. and you know and you don't really know until until some of the people have heard it but um you Thanks. sort of for me, I sort of play those games with myself as I'm doing it, like it's the best thing ever. That first in- inspiration, yeah. it's like, yes, this is it. Nah, this is great. <laughs> well, there's a there's a well known sort of stages of the creative process thing. I don't know if if um, what your policy on bad language is, but on this it, podcast, but it's not a um, fucking problem. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's there's a, a sort of a well known six stages of the creative process that I've come back to quite a lot, which is. Um, Stage one, this is amazing. Mm. Stage two, this is okay. <laughs> Stage three, this is shit. <laughs> Stage four, I am shit. <laughs> Stage five, this is okay. Stage six, this is amazing. <laughs> but you know, when you start off, you have this initial like a spark of an idea. Mm. It's but and you sort of maybe see it in your head as like this. You think you've kind of made something, but you haven't. You've just got you've just got an idea. It's mm. not it's not actually formed it's not you can't share it with anyone it's it's you're you're exaggerating kind of how formed it is and when it's when it's when you try to bring it down from the heavens and actually bring it into this kind of ugly world that we're in that it you realize actually oh this is not quite as heavenly and beautiful and 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 divine as i thought it was Mm. and and you kind of wrestle with the fact that okay i need to you know this isn't quite as good as i pictured it and it's that stage four the 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 transition from this is shit to i am shit that you really need to watch (laughs) out for because it's such an easy move to make for a lot of people Mm. and to then get stuck and and not realize that uh just because something's not working yet doesn't mean you're a useless kind of waste of space Mm. and that if you just trust the pros if you keep going then you can find your way out of stage four into stage five and where you should be at stage six where it's like awesome i've actually i've made a real thing and it's good mm. and do you sign up to the idea that you have to write some some shit to get to the good stuff um oh yeah 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 so it's just no, very... just getting through those i think so yeah i mean yeah i i don't i don't tend to sort of spend too much time on songs that i think are shit Mm. I, you know, they'll, they'll just, I'll just won't be interested in carrying on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I do, I don't know what, so you, you mentioned like the, yeah, those sort of swings between this song's amazing and this song's mm-hmm. rubbish. Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you experience those and what do you, I do think, you, I think it's a, you deal with that. Like you were saying, it's that thing of the, um, the best songwriting experiences I've had have been um, there's a moment of inspiration whether it's a chord sequence or a bit of lyric or melody or whatever and yeah. that's kind of easy because it's almost like that's been delivered to you and then yeah. the hard work is actually to, as you say turning that into a, a complete thing it's like yeah. I think there's a John Lennon quote in there about the verse, first verse and chorus is easy but then verse two in the middle eight is hard because you've got to, but just yeah. keep keep going and it is that thing and I, for me, it's like once it's completed, there's that moment of like, well, is that is that the right lyric? Is that any good? And it's like the painter, isn't it, who keeps putting on another layer on yeah. each, each thing. Um, but I think there's a certain amount of experience knowing when you've done something good and when you've done something average and yeah. when you have, you've done something that's not good enough. I, what I find interesting with songwriters and creatives is is that thing of when you've done something that isn't quite good enough, it's that decision to be like, well... I'll leave that one then or 
or to work on it and get it better because I think it is possible to take one that isn't so great and yeah and get somewhere with it. But your instinct is not to do that, isn't it? Is to be like, oh, I'll throw that one away then and start with something else. Well, my my instincts kind of different actually. Yeah, my mine is is it's now I've now that we've actually I've gone to the trouble of making something. Mm. I want to make it good, mm. and there's obviously still something about that thing that's obviously currently it's a bit rubbish. But there was something about it that I loved, mm. and it's I, I find it hard to let go of those, and I end up spending months and months and months rewriting lyrics and sort of trying to iterate them uh, from you know kind of up to where they where I think they could be, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know i wish i was better at throwing away ideas in some ways because I, I i find that kind of difficult well what's your process with recording do you are you do you record at home or do you go into a, a studio with someone else um i yeah i normally go into a studio with someone else i just i guess we talked about this earlier but like the the kind of one man band thing of where you're you're mm. the manager and the record label and the and you're doing your own admin and, and booking your own tours or this there yeah. there are, you can do it all yourself if you want to um, and you can be your own recording engineer and get your own studio going. Um, for me, like I've got enough, enough enough as it is. I'd rather just go to someone else's studio mm-hmm. and collaborate with someone and work with someone to actually bring bring something kind of into the you know to actually record it. So uh, yeah, I, I tend to to work with others at that stage. And that's a point, I guess, where some of the not so good ideas will go because <laughs> you've got somebody yeah. else there sort of saying well i don't think that's as good as that or, yeah. or or the opposite like the one that have you had that where you're like well i've done this but i don't know how good it is and you're the person about no that's the oh god yeah that's the one Absolutely. that's the best one and like no I have every time yeah it's terrifying to think if you were doing it on your own you could chuck away the things that were actually the best stuff or like even not not in like a yeah. song but like a you know if you do a vocal take or a guitar part or something and you think well i could have done that yeah. better and someone else yeah. has heard something in it that you haven't yeah i mean when absolutely I've... well that's that's how that's that's the, the beauty of collaboration yeah. and, and kind of um i mean it's 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 why it's why you know so much of the anything creative that is made anywhere is done by um you know by by with, with some form of collaboration you need ideas you need but you need editors and you need you know back and forth you know there's there's a there's a romance to the idea of like the lone creative who's sitting in his cabin writing his book <laughs> or you know bonnie Vare goes off to record his his first album on his own in his cabin whatever mm. you know those kinds of things and we can call those people geniuses sometimes when we think that they've done something outstanding on their own and it's kind of romantic um but also uh yeah it's 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 going against the grain in some ways it's it it it's <laughs> it, it makes so much sense to have people involved at different stages who can who can be a mirror to your work and, and just sort of say oh no not so sure about that one and mm. and this one is 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 much better than you think mm. yeah it's like i sort of liken it to a director of a play um yeah it's not that the director's going to come in and do a better performance than the actor, but it's that they're going to get the yeah. actor to do the best thing that yeah, they can. Yeah, totally. And sometimes the actor can't see it for themselves. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's it's hard. <laughs> like we yeah. say, you, you have different points where you're like, that's brilliant, oh, I've changed my mind about it. But if, if somebody yeah. agrees that it's brilliant, you know. But it's it's all difficult. And the, the problem is, of course, it's 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 music, you know, it's – it's um it's an opinion. <laughs> yeah. So something isn't necessarily great or or brilliant or terrible. It's there's all these in between bits, isn't yeah. there? But we know like if you if you make something really good, you or that you find really like satisfying from a you know, when you look at a a, a chorus or a verse or a lyric or or recording or a gig or something that you mm. that you're doing and you just know that it was that you're happy with it mm-hmm. deep down like mm-hmm. that's you know n- there's no like some you can have a thousand people telling you that something was good if you if you don't feel that feeling yourself you won't truly believe it yeah and so ultimately it's your own it really is your own inner voice that matters the most i've got a little sign i stick on my wall when i where i write that says um if you're not dancing smiling uh laughing or crying <laughs> uh, it's not finished yet because uh. so many times i've 
uh, I thought something was sort of finished. I thought, yeah, okay. You know, and you sort of get lulled into us. Yeah, that's quite good. Cool. Great. Mm. Kind of pleased with that. That's good. And then you kind of just write something. You, you make a version that's just a bit better or a lot. You write another line that just holds the whole song together or, you know, a chain. You make a change to it that's just, oh, my God, that's so much better. <laughs> and you get those that wave of feeling like whatever it might be, you know, some emotion, some you just you just can't help yourself but just dance around the room or, you know, uh, whatever it might be, just laugh for like 10 minutes straight at how happy you are with something. And you remember that, uh, that that's how it should feel. That's how it should mm. feel when you, when you make something good. And if you're just going, yeah, cool, that's all right. Like then it, maybe it's not finished yet or mm. maybe it's not good enough. Like, and that's that, that's the voice that matters the most to me. Certainly. Like if I can get that feeling about a song, then regardless of, you know, even if it gets streamed 10 times instead of, you know, 10 million times, then I'll know deep down. Oh, it made me feel like that. Like I really, you know, that's what, otherwise what else, what else can we do? Like what other, you know, how else do we meant to, to judge how to make anything? Uh, if it's not for some voice inside us that says that, you know, that is good or that makes me feel fulfilled or, and, and, and this does not. Yeah. And in terms of pre- uh, presenting your songs then, um are you happier as a recording artist or performing live or happy happy is the wrong word i don't mean that which do you find or just which do you enjoy more or which do you find is is more fulfilling i guess um yeah i guess i see that there's sort of three sides of it the writing recording performing as kind of the three the kind of the three pillars the the trinity (laughs) if you if i um if I if I don't do one of them for a while, I get grumpy. Like, you know, if I if I just if I realise I've gone a, a month or a few weeks and I just I start feeling grumpy. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, I'm so grumpy. Why yeah. why am I so bloody grumpy? And it's like, oh yeah, wait a minute, I haven't written a song, I haven't played a gig, and I haven't been in the studio. And it's as simple as that for me. Like, if I as long as I'm doing one of them, preferably two of them, I find <laughs> it hard to do all three. Kind of, you know, simultaneously. Regularly. Yeah simultaneously it sort of fries my brain but um that from a sort of well-being point of view i need mm. i need to be involved in those things or else i start going a bit loopy i don't know if i have a preference but i certainly love them all like profoundly <laughs> i feel really like at home and happy when i'm doing i mean i find the writing maybe the hardest just because it's uh, I, I can't i feel like i'm coming face to face with my own weakness more mm. you know when i'm playing live like you say, there's uh, there's vulnerability, but you're also just presenting songs that you know you've spent time on and you're happy with. So you know, uh, <laughs> you're not really you're not sharing the worst of of, your, of yourself, or you don't you don't you don't feel like you're coming face to face with with your you know the 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 least talented part of yourself. Um, so yeah, I love playing live. Um, yeah, just the studio is just great fun. Um, and yeah songwriting i i you know I, I wrestle with it and sometimes i i hate it and sometimes i love it but i can't mm. help myself i don't know what about, what about you i don't know it's I, i've had a sort of um i've always loved playing live like and because I, I do acting and stuff as well and i have done since i was yeah. a kid so performing live with an audience there is always like really important to me and again if i don't have that for a while i, I feel like there's something missing um mm. And I love the studio. And there's, I was started. Um, I was involved in a little film last year as well, acting wise. Oh, cool! And there was something that struck me, which is similar for me to the studio, which is like there's all this time when you're waiting for gear to work properly, and then yeah. you're confronted with your your insecurities. Like you look back at the footage and you're like, "Oh God, look at that nose" or whatever it is. And yeah. whereas with the re- with music and the recording for me, it's like, "Oh, that guitar mm. part's no good." You know, all those things are like <laughs> laid bare yeah. completely for you. Like, yeah. so it can be painful at times, and then yeah. there can be times when nothing's happening. But you go through all that pain, and then there's this thing that's the best you can do it, and it's going to last forever. Yeah. And whether whether people hear it or not it doesn't really matter it is there forever whereas a a live show is this you can have this amazing communion with the people there that night and have this amazing like joint thing with them but then it's gone and then you got to start again the next time and uh, like i'm not saying i prefer either it's just it occurred to me how how different they are 
yeah massively um and it's one of the reasons why i love live shows so much is that they're gone and yeah. it's it's like it's so reflective of, of 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 life of of how actually we live the rest of our lives that you know it's it's unusual for, for anything to be permanent or or to have the you know because yeah. everything around us is not permanent like our no you know the day the day is is you wake up and, the, and then the day's gone and it's and it's gone forever and and that's how we we're used to that kind of yeah. idea yeah, yeah. um so it's sort of feel, playing live feels like sort of working in harmony with that in some ways um but yeah no but exactly as you say something that not necessarily lasts forever but something that you know has that kind of yeah and it, it will you can come back to it anytime you, you like come back to it and it'll keep going and, and maybe do its thing as yeah. well for for forever yeah. maybe which is a really exactly. cool thing but you know i don't i don't think that i, I prefer either i mean they've both yeah. got their challenges obviously and yeah. um i don't know i mean it's the instant feedback thing of a gig like what like you say when you have someone come up after a show and say yeah. such and such song meant something to me which probably yeah. is more likely at a concert perhaps than it is with the recorded thing i mean the other, the other thing is the music that i like well the artists that i've met on the circuit and that i like I've got into them pretty much through their gigs. Mm. It's fairly rare for me now to hear something on the radio and become yeah. a fan of it, I guess. There's because there's yeah. there's just an extra thing in a concert, isn't there, where you're it's not just not just the music, it's that person's personality somehow as well. Yeah, and it's experiential, it's like actually getting out of your house. You're not just staring at a, a screen or something. You're you're actually you got out of the house and you've you've come face to face with other people and there's you know um there's something there is still something very special about that that mm. that no kind of i don't know nothing else in our lives is it, you know has yet been able to replicate that feeling of, of we're all in a room we've all had different days <laughs> we've had different lives we've all you know traveled all you know uh, kinds of ways to arrive at this one place together to experience this same moment together yeah you know that's that's pretty that's pretty cool and maybe it's getting more special because of because of those like i think there's a view that music is is getting um has been cheapened a little bit because you know you can for your 9.99 a month or whatever it is on spotify yeah. or apple or whatever you can access like we said all the music not just now but ever <laughs> that's ever been recorded and it's all just accessible there and so like does that mean that music is a bit less important to people compared to when they had to go out and spend their money to buy that bit of vinyl or whatever or or seek somebody out who had that record you couldn't get hold of so mm. that you could borrow it um yeah. but then on the other hand i think that the actual live experience has become a bit more a bit more important almost yeah it's like i've heard about listening like listening bars where people kind of all everyone turns up to a you know a, a music venue or a, a bar or somewhere mm. and they put on a, a you know a record that is a, a wonderful record and they they, they use it as you know 10 grand sound system or something right. <laughs> and everyone just sits in silence and listens to this vinyl together mm. i mean i don't know sort of <laughs> um a modern like a response maybe to to a world where we're all sort of leading independent yeah. sort of screen siloed experiences yeah um, it's interesting isn't it like the whole vinyl things like so i'm i'm of that generation where like mum and dad and my older brother had some vinyl and i found them like cool i like the smell of them and i'd play them from time to time <laughs> but i never had like my own vinyl collection it was yeah. all cds for me and to be honest when mp3s and streaming happened it was like oh brilliant i don't have to i don't have, yeah. to have cds in the car anymore like my car was just yeah. full of fucking cds and losing them and the wrong thing <laughs> like i hate yeah. you know i'm not sad to lose that and like i've said yeah. this before that like the when i was buying cds when i was teenage and a lot of it was old stuff from the 60s and 70s and mm. like you'd be ex you'd pay you 10 quid which was a lot of money um and, and to be excited and you'd have some shitty little inlay book which was just the original album sleeve you know shrunk down yeah. you weren't getting a lot for your money so then when yeah. it was available for free or not very much it's not surprising that my generation and the next one kind of just went for it really um, oh my god it's yeah it's not hard to, for me to see why people find streaming so compelling it's 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 kind of incredible well you said earlier like you you use it i use it and then there's, there's some people i know who kind of have the opinion that as independent musicians you know we were a bit hypocritical to use it because it's killing yeah. the cd sales as well, well it, i kind of feel it's a bit pandora's box anyway like it's going to be very hard to put it back and it is yeah. really 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 convenient in the same way that 
you know, I had a DVD collection. And I was mm. saying the other day, it's a shame that DVDs are kind of going because they were great presents. Like, if somebody <laughs> didn't know what, if I didn't know what to get someone yeah. for Christmas, like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah. and, you know, those, I mean, books have uh, lasted still in that way, I suppose. But, yeah. yeah, you know, but then it's just so much easier <laughs> to, to, yeah. to be able to stream stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got a new album to record in, uh, I've got some sessions in June. And, um, and yeah, just sort of working out what, I'm still I'm still not sure exactly what to print up for it to press mm-hmm. up for it when it's done. It's tricky, isn't it? Um or like exactly how to go with that, you know, kind of just you ignore CDs totally and maybe do a short on a vinyl or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe kind of still love people who you know who love CDs and and but you know you can still make money on them if you're, you know, if you can if you can make your money back then, you know, great. Every everything you everyone you sell you're getting 10 quid out of it. Mm. But um but yeah, I don't know. We, yeah, it's yeah. I think we're in a moment of sort of transition there, where it's. Yeah. Um, I think, but, but yeah, ultimately, it's like just make good stuff. And if you make good stuff, however it's distributed, however people hear it, whether that's you know vinyls or CDs or streaming or the the music, you know, experience of the future, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really, what we're still we're still looking for the same thing, which is a piece of music that moves us or. Yeah you know kind of a yeah something that connects with us in some way it's a, commu- that a communication isn't it yeah much. <laughs> obviously the people the genres and the kind of music people make has changed a lot over time uh but the the idea of it has really been quite consistent you know what mm. what what it's what for you, yeah yeah is it good yeah that's it and it's yeah i mean and another thing i guess that's with the way that situations are now is like um it's it's got quite well, I mean, I thought this even maybe 10 years ago going to gigs and stuff. It's like you go to um, the legacy rock bands that we were talking about earlier, and it is all the old geezers who've liked them forever, but it's also yeah. people in their 20s and then teens and all that sort of stuff. So like, they're like on third or fourth generation for you know mm-hmm. for those bands. Then conversely, you go to a band that's like a six-music band playing the O2 Academy or whatever and you got yeah. your dads there as well because it's so I don't think <laughs> yeah. would have happened I don't think if you were going to a punk gig in the 70s nobody's dad would have been there I don't think <laughs> like that would yeah. not have been cool and yeah. and the kids wouldn't have been going to a Valdunican concert do you know what I mean whereas now it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter in quite the same way like it's it, yeah. just like what you like I guess yeah and you hear stories of like you know young kind of young music fans discovering music from a long time ago or what mm. feels like a long time ago to them um because of streaming in ways that they would otherwise maybe not have have got into yeah and there's a kind of um a flattening of uh, of the kind of music landscape in that way it's like you know it's just another song on a playlist you know it was recorded 50 years ago 10 minutes ago mm. you know whatever it, it's just popped into your ears what do you think of it mm. and um and you know maybe maybe yeah kind of a chance to connect with with artists from all eras regardless of you know of just what's on the radio mm. i guess you could argue that that's kind of a symbol of what we were saying before that like music is not important in quite the same way that it used to be by which i mean like you were a model or a rocker and that was yeah. that was not just your music it was your identity and then mm. you were a punk and that was your identity and it was like you you know you would fight over <laughs> you know with it <laughs> what's the story yeah. it's like do you like Slade or Wizard? And you say the wrong one, you get your face kicked in. Like, and it's like obviously that's not that's not. <laughs> Can I say neither? Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll probably be all right then. And then, then that's yeah. that's not good, obviously. But people are so <laughs> so passionate about their music and their fashion yeah. and sort of stuff. And I just feel like music is a different. It's a slightly different thing now, or perhaps I'm just involved in the wrong type of music. I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's you know like there used to be one TV channel, and now there's. Basically, yeah. you know, one for each of us. The We've impact got, of something has their own was huge, TV, their own it? channel, and so you know, that's um, it's not possible to have, in some ways, to have you like universal experiences, or at least not just not quite in the same way as as, as we used to. It's uh, we all have our it's quite subjective. That's true. Experiences that we're living in, which is kind of cool. We curate our own our own experience. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah, there's. The reason why people go to gigs is because sometimes having something universe and experiences more universal can feel amazing, you know. Mm. Um, and and you know, I think there's, there'll always be that that kind of element 
uh, in there. Yeah, definitely. And it, the positive, I guess, for people in um, an independent musician's position is that what we I think we started off by saying is like it is possible to have a career from a lean but like quite dedicated fan base. And if it never goes any any more mainstream than that, you know, which to be fair has always been the same. Like I don't know, bands like XTC or Marillion or whatever had quite cult yeah. followings, but yeah, but big and passionate cults that have kept them, you know, you know, stayed with them all these years. Um, but they still yeah. needed the the labels and all that sort of stuff. Whereas I guess now it's possible for an independent musician to literally, as you were saying, just do everything on their own. But yeah. then you've got the challenges of having to do everything on your own. Yeah, there is. There's a reason why. It used, you know, it used to be the way, and maybe still is the way for some artists. But you know, you'd have a team of, you know, twenty, fifty, a hundred people, you know, or depending on how you look at it, thousands, you know, to zoom yeah. out a bit further, who would all play a role in helping connect, you know, your music with uh, an audience. Mm. Um, and there's a reason why that were, all those jobs were, existed is because there's a lot, you know, to, to to achieve that. There's there's a lot of work to be done, mm. and there's just not enough time for one person to do it all really well so yeah kind of there's uh, people talk about how empowered mm. you know mu- musicians are these days with these tools and it's like wow empowerment's really hard work isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um can i be a little <laughs> less empowered please no but i mean yeah yeah there's some some extent of that is i think really useful and really you know i'm, I'm definitely through and through a kind of independent artist like i I, I, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be a major label or a, a label artist. Really, it's just not in my how I think. Mm. Um, but you know, some some level of like a, a team or people who can who want to help connect. You know, how can I help to bring your music to the world? Yeah, yeah, that's still really. I think that's still a really useful thing if you can if you can find those people in your life that can can kind of yeah lend their shoulder to the wheel a bit and. And give you a give you a hand. Yeah, because the thing is, it doesn't suit everybody either. Like the, the being a musician or a songwriter doesn't necessarily have crossover skills with being a yeah a publicist or a you know a, or even worse, yeah. like a gig booker. You know, having to be actually organised yeah. doesn't necessarily fall into every creative's wheelhouse. Um, yeah, exactly. You, nobody can do everything, but it, and if you can get find people who can do things you can't do, then that's you're onto a bit yeah. of a winner, I guess. And there's a risk that the kind of from a, if you zoom out a bit more again, like the in terms of actually what music we're encouraging in the world, mm. there's a risk that we end up really sort of biasing the system in favour of people who who fit that mould, who can yeah, who, who aren't who, you know who who make stuff yeah, but they're also great publicists and great on mm. social media and great you know very organised and very you know good at networking and very whatever all the other skills that you might need. Um, you know, if, if the system is biased in favor of people who are kind of good enough at all of those roles and, you know, the music, okay, cool, the music's fine too. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who, who fit through the system. The yeah. ones who are maybe making extraordinary music or, or doing something really bold and interesting, but who don't have the, the social media skills or don't have the, you know, some other kind of, uh, you know, area of, of skills that an independent artist might need. Mm. Um, might, you know, we might just end up with music that's not as good because those people are not allowed to, to flourish. You know, if you think back to some of the great artists in the world who've, who've changed our lives and, and made amazing music, how many of them, you know, are the kind of organized, you know, types who might kind of, or, or really pleasant to be around or really kind of, you know, social, uh, you know, have great social skills. Mm. Lots of them didn't. Um, and that was great because that, you know, that was, that's who they were and, and yeah. it allowed them to make, you know, interesting, amazing music. So, you know, don't want to, to to miss out on great music just because people can't fit into that mould. Absolutely. And and sort of, I think, um, connected to that and just in arts in general is the danger we've got now of excluding people who can't fund themselves. Um, yeah. You know, like, I think some creative pursuits are becoming quite middle class. Mm. because you know if there's not investment from labels or whatever it is yeah. which of course came with its own problems and all the rest of it but actually you sort of when you start to dig like how's that coming about oh okay well that person's yeah. got a a publicist and they're trust, paying for this fund. and the trust fund yeah 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 there's just because it's it's a business you know and and like yeah 
you know it doesn't add up always yeah, doesn't always add up but you need some capital and and if people haven't got the capital to begin with i don't know what the answer to that one is but it's just like we need to make sure that it is possible for people who haven't got money to do creative things and make music totally i guess the for me the the kind of and this is where sort of the spotify systems could possibly have the potential to help maybe mm. which is that like we said earlier, like the we've democratized the the tools to make music. Mm. You can you can and and the access to the market. So you, it's 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 not everyone. Not everyone can afford a laptop. But like, um, you know, if if you can just get that's the bar to meet. If you can mm. make some music somehow on your own, mm-hmm. and then you can distribute it for free, and yeah. then you're in the system. And then I guess the the kind of dream almost, or the kind of I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but like the the kind of algorithmic tools that um you know kind of are being developed by some of these systems which are a bit scary but kind of also interesting um have a potential to just kind of deliver some meritocratic utopia where like the the little kid from whatever background doesn't matter who who if he can get his music into the system mm. if if it's played to 50 people and and all those 50 people just think it's amazing mm. then it gets amplified to a thousand people or to 10,000 people and so on and so on mm-hmm. um in some kind of music discovery tool mm. kind of way then you know then i don't know then it do, it doesn't matter where you're from it doesn't matter you know how much money your your family have or um, you know if you can just get to the market with a good idea with mm. something that's great then you know when you listen to a playlist it's not you don't know what label the artist is on no if you close your eyes and you're just walking down the street you don't you don't know any of that information you just know that a song has popped into your ears and you just have to you know your brain interprets it and decides whether you like it or not and if it's good you think it's good and if it's not it's not it doesn't matter like where it came from so uh, i don't know if that's kind of interesting yeah, it is. And it's it is going to be interesting to see how things go, because you mentioned earlier, things have changed so fast recently, um, um, you know, to see how things are going to develop as we go on. Um, Jake, that's been fantastic. It's been really fascinating. Tell us, are you, have you got some shows coming up? Um, I've got a couple of little bits and pieces. I've got, um, I'm sort of in a writing phase and a recording phase. I've got, I've got some, uh, my, my third album I'm recording in June. Um, and then kind of booking dates kind of for, for when that's, uh, that comes up. Um, so I've, I've, I'll be announcing a sort of a London show soon for May, uh, just to kind of test out some, some songs before we go in the studio. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe just if people want to kind of find out more or get in touch, then I, they can, they can hit me up on, I don't know, all of the, uh, yeah, online somewhere, websites, social media, that kind of thing. Great. So just tell us the website. Is it just jakemorley.com? Perfect. Um, and yeah, sort of Jake at Jake Morley on most of the kind of Twitter and Instagram and that kind of thing. Fantastic. Thank you, Jake, for taking the time to do that. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time on the Robert Lane Creative Careers podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, share it, like it, comment on it, review it, tell all your friends about it, all of those things would be fantastic because the more that people do that, the more that new people get a chance to hear the podcast, join the community and enjoy the content that we're putting out. You can find me at robertlanemusic.co.uk and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Robert Lane Music. Please get in touch. Let me know if you're enjoying the programmes and who you think I should talk to in the future. Thank you. Till next time, goodbye.